0: Hey, uh, so yeah, we're talking about uh, game changers in our on our design here today, things we've learned in the playtest, and uh, a lot of new rules. So, uh, how has playtest affected you before,
1: Ross? Or uh, well, uh, to, to to be honest, uh, uh, Fallout Four came out uh, on Steam, so oh, it... um, well,
0: yeah, I'm looking at mine, and uh, I just got a gift copy from uh, <laughs> a fan.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, by the way. So... Yeah, let's wrap
0: this up. Okay, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, shut, a, shut it down. It's been a uh, great episode. Red Markets, it was good while it lasted. Yeah. RPBR, I mean...
1: We'll hibernate, yeah. We're in 100th episodes.
0: <laughs> that was a pretty good run. All yeah. right, it was lovely speaking to all of you. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's Game Designers Workshop.
1: See ya! Uh, but no, actually, no, don't, don't stop, don't stop. Uh, it, it, game Changers, <laughs> that's what we're doing. <laughs> This is Russ Baden with and Public Radio. This is Game Designers Workshop, Episode Ten: Game Changers, because we're going to talk about the change log for Red Markets. Because we actually will keep doing this. Yes,
0: though. <laughs> haven't given it the Siren Song of Fallout Four it's is forever cool. in our ears.
1: <laughs> we're gonna have to lash ourselves to the mast. I don't know. Well, I I, I I'll keep working. I'll just give up sleep. I think I can. I, I think I can do that. It's a strong. It's a strong idea. Yeah. It's a good strategy. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: so we're at uh, mid-November here, quickly approaching Thanksgiving. Uh, December 20th is the deadline for the playtest, but uh, while I'm sh- there are many, many outstanding playtests out there, I am not sure at this point how many I'm going to get back, because uh, I've learned a little something about percentages of return upon uh, distributing playtests. Um, also, even if I do get a ton back, uh, I'm at the point where I have enough material that if i'm not planning and organizing this material at this point uh any revisions and stuff i do do are going to be infinitely longer than they already are right so i've uh basically been collating all of the playtest reports and all of the ap's that i can listen to into a uh running post beta change log uh, that we will have to play test again with the RPPR group. Yeah. Um, now, if there's a second beta, that probably won't be till after a Kickstarter. Because yeah. after the big beta and the big alpha campaign play test and a second campaign play test, uh, it's... It's it going to be close enough for jazz <laughs> for mine, uh, and we're quickly approaching year four of this. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't have it on Kickstarter yet. So, uh, also, it's playable as it is now. Yeah. It just needs you know tweaks. Obviously, right. that's why it's playtest. So, um, yeah, we just thought we'd talk a little bit about how you process uh, various playtest reports, how to give good feedback like that, how to organize that information. And uh, what you do with it once you have it.
1: Yeah. So. so, yeah, giving feedback is a sort of a skill you don't think you might need, but it's actually not as easy as it might appear. Like, well, I know what I think and I know what's good and what's bad. Well, that's, you know, there's a difference between I liked it and, you know, a Ebert review or you know, a movie review or something like that. Uh, to give you an example in real life, you know, recently uh, I was thinking about buying a pair of shoes and I narrowed it down to two pairs of sneakers. And I sent both uh, links to both sneakers to my brother. And I said, which one do you like more? And he said, well, how about neither? And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not useful feedback. Sounds like straighter. Yeah. he <laughs> Because it was okay for him not to like it, but he didn't give any indication of why or all, get, provide alternatives to that. So. That was not like, well, okay, so I just have to start over. I mean, I wasn't sure about either pair, which is why I was asking it. And if I was, I should have bought it. But uh, so it, it's something as a game designer and as a player, if you want to help improve games, it's something you have to think about it and uh, require some critical thinking and evaluation. So uh, recently I found a blog post from Fred Hicks. Uh, talking about his experiences at Metatopia, which I, uh, I think you've talked about this on the podcast before, which is a game designers-focused uh, con.
0: I very much wish I could go,
1: yep. but it's in the middle of November, and I will probably never
0: be able to have enough money to go it to a Jersey. Bad time. Yeah. yeah, it's not a great time for... Um,
1: For teachers, Uh, but... For uh, most people, like, you know, summer is con season for a reason. It's true. It's a lot easier to get work. But, I
0: mean, it seems pretty hardcore because, like, you go because you want to play unfinished games. Yeah. uh, And you go because you want to test an unfinished game. It's not... It's very much not like a, ooh, look at the shiny new
1: thing con. It's like... It's a professional. Yeah. It's more of a conference than a con. Yeah, yeah, really. So, um, but Fred Hicks uh, talked about in, in this blog post the kind of feedback he was he heard other people giving games and like there was you know it's kind of a goofus gallon thing the is like well here's what i like and here's what i like, don't like and here's what i think would work better for your game and then the oh, well, ba-
0: well gallon first off is like what do you want the game to do yeah i think this would do that better
1: yeah regardless of whether i'm in mean, your demographic I was unclear or... about this yeah of this and then the goofus was like you know, have you thought this is terrible? Have you thought about just doing it in faint or apocalypse world? Like, just yeah, don't like ugh. which
0: we got in the <laughs> early days of GDW. Just, <laughs>
1: just do it in <an> apocalypse world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, not, not quite what you're going for, and. <laughs> Because again, that's sort of useful, as it's saying just give up everything <laughs> and start over without exp- explaining why. <laughs> yeah, you could actually like uh, Fred actually gave or somebody in the comments said, here's how you could say do it in fate, but in a useful way. I noticed your system is doing things that are like fate. Have you considered like aspects or yeah. you know, whatever else? Have you which considered- is constructive? Yeah, which is constructive because like here's a system that's doing something very similar to yours. Uh, this particular subsystem, why don't you look at that and either maybe think about porting it over to Fate or, you know, revising your game. So it's more different, you know, or it's it, it's different from Fate. You know, distinguish it more. So, Our, uh,
0: yeah, and the Apocalypse World Fate thing, that's currently, in in my mind, having only a historical understanding of the RPG 90s. Uh, yeah. That is the equivalent of just, just do it in D20, man. The technology <laughs> of RPGs has been... Well, that was perf- the early 2000s. Yeah just, yeah, just do it in D20. The technology of the RPG has been perfected. Yeah. It can go no further... All things should be D20. Uh, well, yeah, and that, yeah. we all saw how that worked out. So, uh, well,
1: as a historian, I uh, know. <laughs> uh, the 90s was more uh, do it as crunchy as possible or as uh, – no, do it like World of Darkness because that was that was the flavor du jour. Uh, after 2000, after 3rd mm-hmm. Ed, D&D came out. There. Then it was D20 the fuck out of everything forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so. but I feel like they're yeah, saying yeah. like the
0: Helio Blimp is the yeah. pinnacle of human <laughs> achievement. We've ruled the skies. Yeah. No need to go further. I can I can get from Paris to New York in three weeks by the air if the wind is right. We should- <laughs> we, we, trains can't
1: go faster than thirty miles an hour. They'll die. They won't be able to
0: breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I, I feel like that is it is that level of commentary, right?
1: Um, so uh, because they don't think about what the commentary. They, it's it's. They have the reaction to it, I think, for most people, and they don't think about, you know, it's talking without thinking first. Which is very common. Everyone does it, you know, uh sooner or later. But when you're again when you're trying to give professional feedback, think about what you're trying to say and try to think about what you know you break it down, be more analytical.
0: Yeah, know. or as uh Fred Hicks said, like uh the other thing was like this game was unfinished, it shouldn't be here when Metatopia is there. To do exactly right. that. Um, so the thing I was struck by by that article is that it seemed like news. And I know it wouldn't be news to Fred Hicks, but but yeah. he's gone a billion times before and I've never been. So apparently it was really solid until recently. Yeah. Or it's starting to go that way and he wants to make sure it doesn't tip that way. Right. But just reading about Metatopia, I always assumed that would be the majority of comets because even though they're designers, they're still people. And, right. Uh, from f- for every piece of gold and great playtest comment, there will be three, why isn't this Pathfinder making Pathfinder? <laughs> um, and I, I, so Which brings me to another point for like the educational aspect of GDW RPBR. Uh, it, it is uh, something that y- you need to, if you're going to playtest, you need to put your pads on. Uh, yeah. People are going to say, extremely mean, inconsiderate and bafflingly stupid things (laughs) about something that you have spent years of your life dedicating on. Now it's a tricky road to hoe because kill your darlings is very real, especially in something as time consuming as game design. I would say even worse than fiction in my experience. Uh, And you need to sometimes accept the harsh truth but other times, it is just as my new favorite playtest comment, you know, epitomizes the narrative and the mechanics were. That uh, <laughs> was out an AP quote. A session directly dressed towards me, which ended with, fuck you, Caleb, which was how they signed off. So, I mean, like, if you're easily discouraged, that's something you need to nip in the bud before you even head down this path. Right. Because you have to understand that there is going to be a lot of of chaff with this wheat, uh, and you have to be confident enough to hack through it while still not ignoring the stuff that you need.
1: Well, I think the thing about uh, Metatopia, uh, at least Fred's uh, concern about it or why it might have changed recently, is because it's just growing in popularity. I think the first few years were very like word of mouth and not spread yet. And the designers there, uh, I think, are more likely to give good feedback because they know what good feedback is because that's what they're looking for. So yeah. they're more likely to. Uh, so they're more knowledgeable. But now I think it's becoming more known. And so you're getting more people who are just fans. Uh, or just hardcore gamers who are wanting to show up or don't have that background of game design. Uh, and the other thing I, uh, he said there, one other thing, or I, I can't remember if I was saying with someone in the comments saying, like, game designers can help get better feedback if they prompt people explicitly, like, uh, especially if you're focusing on one part of the game system, like, here's the kind of thing I want you to look at, you know, before you do this feedback. Uh, like, you know, in Red Markets, it's an economic core game. Don't ask me to change. That's I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really pay attention to any feedback about mm-hmm. like make it about dragons, you know, <laughs> uh, and fantasy stuff because I really like that. Or make it d20. But if you like well, is the endurance system working? Is that is that or the item system really inventory system really working?
0: Yeah, I think Metatopia is organized in one hour and two hour blocks. So yeah. you're never running a full game, at right.
1: least if you're doing like the big book
0: game. Right. Uh, you're you're running game. demos like yeah. it's starting. In in the middle with pre gens, very focused. Let's look at this couple of systems here, um, which is good and strong, yeah. especially for designers. Uh, cu- but I think another thing you should look at, especially, I think the problem that is come coming up with Metatopia is that uh, I'm, I'm this is all conjecture. I have no basis on this because I've never been. But um, maybe one of the things about spreading popularity is getting a lot of people there who want to be in on the next big thing. Yeah, want to be on the ground floor or they played that game before it right, was the cool hardcore gamers yeah uh, and that's all well and fine wouldn't even agree but that's not the intention of Metatopia. so like another thing if you're giving feedback to examine uh in future is why are you playtesting this game if you're playtesting it cuz you genuinely want to see it be a good game so you can play it in the future and you want to h- help improve it not as a co-designer but by seeing where the system works that's cool if you're playtesting it because you have sort of that you know um tactical fun or you like to get under the hood and see how those things right. work. That's another great reason to play test a game. Or are you um, versed in the theme or the setting of the game to right. a point you where like you can be somewhat games. of an expert yeah. in that. And you're looking for to use your expertise to do point A, make it a better game that you would yeah. like to play in that genre. Those are all great reasons. But like I want to get in on the ground floor or I want to see something that hasn't been out yet or you know, beta access probably not a great right. thing because it's not a early access video game. It is something that is going to require
1: you to do extra work. Right. If it's not broken. This is QA. Whereas, uh, yeah. <laughs> the equivalent of QA. Yeah.
0: Whereas most video games, if Which they is... are broken and dumb, don't require you to do extra work. They prevent you from doing more. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's very different in that regard. And
1: so people need to come in with the right intentions. Right. Uh so again to give better feedback I think some ideas some if you if you're stuck on what it, it is is make it something that is I, I don't want to use the term because it's kind of quote quote but actionable by the game designer say like don't say I didn't like the feel of the system because what the fuck does that mean uh but like don't say, make weird noises with your mouth like <laughs> eh. yeah cuz what how could if you want Caleb to make a better game how can he ta- eh? into something how can that can be translated into language this is not the cult of bass this is not a prelingual uh magical ritual so if you say like well the combat system is too crunchy i was had to keep keeping track of all those charges it was too much for me to keep me to get immersed in the game that's specific he could look at that or he'd be like well that's the point of the game i can't really do much about that or if it's uh, our characters never ran out of stuff because you know there was only so many things. Then that's something he could look at as well, like the ratio items and resources. Of the and I've here.
0: got a ton of really useful feedback yeah. in in, regards in that to regard. So not.
1: think again. Think about it, like how can the person you're talking, giving feedback to, can use your advice? Can, how can or your critique? How can they evaluate their own game? It has to be something, I guess, empirical, something objective, like this particular mechanic or this or this is inconsistent with this you say this is a you know, there's very little resources. This high tech stuff doesn't exist. But on the other hand, people can buy robot donkeys or something like that. You know, so either you need to change the flavor text to reflect that more accurately, or do this or that or you know, something like that. Yeah, and I don't want to. That's con- just examples. I don't even. Yeah,
0: know. I don't want to consider this like scolding because I've got a lot of yeah. a wonderful playtest and a lot of really dedicated playtesters who are doing it for the right reasons. And I think Red Markets is already a stronger game. And I know I'll probably get some more back for the deadline, but um, I feel like. A, re- a reason some people don't send in playtest reports is because they don't know how to put those things into words. Yeah. Uh, or or they, they're they self-aware enough to know that, like, uh, why does it have to have zombies in it? I don't like zombies. is isn't constructive, but they don't right. know how to word other things related to the system. Or they don't want to discuss things that they're not particularly in the demographic for, which isn't a design flaw. That's
1: not humanity. No game can be everything to all people. Yeah.
0: Um, so... Like, some basic advice I would say is that if you're going to say, I like, it needs to be followed because I personality statement. Right. Uh, And then, and the game. So that would be my formula. I like this because I typically like this, and this is what that mechanic serves. Yeah. Uh, Because that's really helpful because it lets me know that you know your demographic. Or you dislike something. Or I dislike this because of this and I want this. Uh, So you need to include as specific a part of the game as possible and I like, I dislike. Right. You need to briefly at least describe to know where you're coming from. Because, like, if you hate a character because... Her name's Trudy and Trudy at work is a bitch. That's nothing I can do about right.
1: that. Is uh kind of like those reviews on how did this get made from Amazon News. It's like yeah, exactly. this had a giant snake in it. I love giant snakes, yo. <laughs> I love a movie on a plane. <laughs> I just I just love a movie on the plane.
0: Thanks, June. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. You need to so you need to give us an indication of where you're coming from. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in depth. I don't need your biography, but I need to know where it comes from. At least your game. Like plan. or dislike and a point. Okay, and then uh, as specific as you possibly can, because remember, like if you're playtesting for the right reason, I hope that you want it to be a good game, and I hope that you want it to at least get to where it's going to be. And it's the same it's the same thing as marksmanship: aim small, miss small. (laughs) If you tell me the specific part that you are concerned about, it is more likely to be changed in a way that is beneficial and pleasant to you. If you say combat is wrong. Maybe I take that on board, but what part? Like, so do you want to hit that part with the bullet? Like, you know, aim small, miss small, be as specific as possible. Avoid words like flow, which are meaningless. Avoid words like fun without some sort of caveat about what specific type of fun or like what you particularly as a person find fun or what about the mechanic is fun. Just the word fun is not code language equally useless uh and then uh yeah so it, it just those are basic feedback guidelines so
1: uh or for example you could even use certain words if they if they if the context makes more sense for example you say i don't like negotiations because scams were kind of eh to me because it kind of trivia it kind of turns role playing uh into objective mini games or something like that because that that at least you understand what the context is is you know it kind of
0: Eh yeah. to me because Yeah.
1: And then blah 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 blah
0: blah. Infinitely better than eh. <laughs> Seriously, it was the <laughs> I know I'm harping on it. It's the favorite playtest thing I've ever got. It beats <laughs> why does the game have to have supervillains <laughs> in the explicitly supervillain design game yeah. by miles in terms of Utterly useless criticism. Like, and I, I have a creative writing master's degree. I lived and died in creative writing works, And as Ross, you know, yeah. useless goddamn criticism is what that entire, that house is built on that. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, but... The, Mm,
0: that was mm, Trey Manafique. yeah, uh, <laughs> prime absurdity. Uh, it was, it was great. And no. you gotta love those comments because, as a game designer, I have to do no work. Yeah, it means nothing to me, and I've just dismissed your entire opinion. Like yes. those are the ones I like. The ones I mutter about are the ones that are actually helpful because now I have to rewrite 120 fucking pages. <laughs> uh, but I want those oddly enough. It was very masochistic.
1: It play is. <laughs> Uh, Puritan work ethic. Work yeah, you will make you, you a better person. Yeah, so. you you want the pain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can't be uh, you know uh, idle hand something devil something. Why does it have to have supervillains? Uh, <laughs> I think that's how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, you got tons of feedback now, and uh, you have written like a ten page, nine or ten page document uh, change log, continuing. Just, yeah. It's
0: it's a working it's document. Growing. It's yeah. in Google
1: Docs. Uh, so that's why this is called Game Changers, because he has uh, the, the big first section is called Game Changers in it.
0: Well, yeah. before we get to that, I mean, yeah. I, we've talked about giving good commentary, but we yeah. should talk about
1: receiving it. So okay, do you have a basic yeah, tips yeah. for that? Like,
0: Because, again, if like... My words are perfect. They don't understand my vision. Yeah. If you're the David Cage of RPG design. Uh, Sean! <laughs> Sean! Uh. Uh, yeah, it is emotion. motion. Uh, yeah, if if you think it's all like set in stone, like the Quran, yeah. a golden book in heaven, uh, you're equally screwed as if your play testers are a bunch of stupid yahoos. So, uh, do you have any advice on your end that you do? Uh, receive I mean, your feedback? you
1: mentioned it earlier: uh, killing your darlings. You cannot take this personally. You have, I mean, if you want to be a creative person who gets your work out, I mean, the whole point of being a, a, an artist or a writer is communication. You are trying to share something from you. With the world and the world is not a hive mind. They have different people have different opinions of you uh, of things. And again, you will get the I like this because it has planes or I hate this because it has planes <laughs> and you have to deal with that as an artist. So you have to have uh, if you're, you know, a hothouse flower and you cannot deal with criticism at all you really need to evaluate what you're doing as a game designer because people will say mean things so you i mean that's it's it's a level of emotional like prepare and not to just lash out automatically not to assume i mean that's the first thing is to give them the benefit of the doubt uh until they're a known quantity if you if you if if it's a troll or someone else that is just trying to mess with you there are weirdos out like that uh, you'll have to just, you know, figure out that out. Give people who are giving feedback the benefit of the doubt and not, don't assume they're just out to get you because they're saying mean things about your game.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and that's the tricky part because, like, sometimes they're being jerks, sometimes they're being trolls, sometimes they just don't have the linguistic capability yeah. of referring something that's a legitimate concern. So, like, that's the problem. You have to read that stuff. And as you get more and more experience with any kind of creative work, guys, I think the thing that's helped me most in playtesting is having gone through so many workshop classes and written so many short stories yeah. and so many novellas and stuff where I get this kind of feedback. Once you've been creative for a while, you get a sort of sixth sense as to whether this guy knows what the hell they're talking about or yeah. not or whether it's uh, a legitimate comment. But it doesn't mean you can skip it because sometimes you get a series of people that notice something that come with a from widely different demographic backgrounds, but they all lack the capability of putting it in some sort of actionable constructive criticism and that's the point when you have to read everything even when it becomes super unhelpful uh because you have to cross correlate so like if something is, is going wrong repeatedly you you have to cross correlate as to as to what's happening there, and, and then you have to figure it out yourself because you're the designer. It's not their job to figure out how to fix it. It's their job to point it out.
1: Um, and yeah, well, it's like you know if you have if you're just out walking about or you're driving, someone cuts you off. That that's just guy an asshole. But if everyone you meet on the road is an asshole, maybe it's you're the you're maybe the con- your lights turn on. Yeah yeah maybe you're <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're the common factor here. Maybe it's you. So
0: yeah so you have to read it all even though you might be tempted especially. If it's early in a play just report to be like oh my god yeah so you, you read it all anyway uh, and sometimes it doesn't pan out but sometimes it is yeah it's a cross correlation or yeah. sometimes it's like a very insightful comment that one person noticed that everyone only kind of tangentially noticed yeah so it's not like that one person's bugbear you're like oh they had the ability to put it into words everybody mm-hmm. else noticed it and felt it. Which is what's going to sell or enjoy the game? That feeling, not them putting it into words, but they just couldn't articulate it. Yeah. Um. So you you've gotta you gotta cross correlate that stuff. Yeah. No good game designer was ever like a Kanye West. Like you can't go in thinking it's perfect. You can't go in just yeah. missing it <laughs> the second there's any kind of cr- criticism. Um. Because yeah. You so you gotta hack through it. So it goes back to that uh, thick yeah. skin thing. Uh, I find the other thing that really um speaks to me when I read play tests and listen to playtests are moments when I, and this, I think this is like Flannery O'Connor said this. I don't remember, but like, uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's, um, Flannery O'Connor said writing is what you can get away with. But somebody else said that revision is feeling like you got caught. (laughs) Um, like moments when you feel like, oh, they got me, even though you don't ever register trying to get away with something. Um, that is a pretty big moment because it's something that's been nagging you about your design. You've had it in your head. You've been failing to articulate it. When someone else does, you feel like you've done something wrong because you knew it was there subconsciously. You couldn't drag it into your conscious mind. So this, this sensation of they got me, they found me out, I've been caught in a lie, which is an absurd thing <laughs> to feel. But I know that's what I feel when, like... Uh, a play test criticism is just like on point.
1: Uh those that went to Well when they articulate something that you you're trying to reach for the game better than you could have articulated it, you know. Uh is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, so I'll, I'll yeah. give an
0: example. in, in the uh Gin Con play test. Yeah. Uh, one of the Gin Con play tests. I can't remember who I exactly said and I've mentioned it before. There uh we were playing and one player asked so rations heal endurance, right? Yeah. And endurance is used to add on to that expense. Yeah. So why don't you just take rashes and get rid of endurance and get rid of all derived stats? And at that point, I was, like, getting ready to justify it, but the sensation of, like, fuck, he found
1: out <laughs> just, like,
0: welled up inside me. And it I knew deeply that it was completely illogical, but also... Completely right, which is something we we'll talk about in Game Change. There's,
1: I think there's a, a bit of the sunk cost fallacy in that you've spent hours to making that, and like you have to like, oh, I don't want to throw those hours away. It's but I, I
0: am going to. You're gonna you have to kill those darlings, yeah. and like, and that sensation that like. Yeah. Oh, fuck you for saying that even though they said something super helpful. Yeah. That's a sign that they're probably on <laughs> on the right path. Like cuz when people go the mechanics of the narrative are uh, I don't yeah. go instantly fuck you. I kind of laugh cuz yeah. like It's so insanely rooted and considerate. It's kind of like a Will Ferrell comedy sketch. I'm like, people are really like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. uh, There's a supervillain on the cover, man. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. And and so I don't even get angry about that because my skin's thick enough. But you get that, like, well of, like, The fuck you say to me? That's probably not a sign that they're actually saying something. It's probably a sign that, like, oh, fuck, that is something I really need to fix. Like, (laughs) that is why I'm having this visceral reaction, because my unconscious mind... Why did I
1: think of that? Yeah,
0: my unconscious mind, while it's no longer chewing over that problem, is now dealing with... (laughs) Is chewing over the amount of work it's going to take to fix, yeah. Uh, and that it's, it's sending me some raw emotions on <laughs> Um, so I don't, I don't, we need a word in English for that. I mean, it's like Schadenfreude, it's a really complex emotion yeah. that needs
1: one word. It's to probably it. in Japanese or German yeah,
0: yeah, that needs a, a refer to it, but uh, that feeling is if you've been found out, even though you've not been actively trying to get away with anything, yeah. Uh, that is a sensation that it is probably a pretty authentic change um and then the last one is just like good arguments i mean those are the playtesters you really want you want people who can articulate things enough and bring enough support to their arguments or like um not to change it a certain way but that it needs to change Uh, and there's that uh so the defaulting thing no argument swayed me on that it's just cross-correlation
1: everyone but you
0: yes no one no one has convinced me on that but everyone has said something so everyone I'm gonna can
1: throw a punch so i'm gonna change they can throw shitty punches let them <laughs> and, throw their terrible punches and okay yeah and uh your punch unless you're really
0: good, can't crack a skull when you've just thrown it for the first time. Okay, that's fine. You can't... Uh, But there's... I'm I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing it again. I'm not convinced. (laughs) I'm changing it anyway. That is a cross-correlation. That's a cross-correlation game design thing. Yeah. Okay? Uh, The endurance thing was really well pointed out. Yeah. Uh, So I suppose it was well argued, and it was sort of suddenly just like, oh, my God! (laughs) Uh, Some other people have said some good things about Hall that I hadn't thought about before because I haven't had a chance to play test uh advanced hall because I never want to use it in a game I ever play or run. <laughs> uh but it's something I understand people are gonna want to do for bean counting. And so I haven't thought it through as thoroughly as I should and some people brought up some very good arguments. So like uh so like one person's like, so if I have a motorcycle I can have three people on it or myself and a crossbow. Yeah that's how Hall works right? by way and I'm like alright yeah no that's a good logos argument as to why that should probably change yeah. in a game system that is specifically trying to be more for the simulationists. Right.
1: Um, so, Well, I mean, there's levels. There's always going to be abstraction in a game, and you can't do the Phoenix command route, you know. Uh, so,
0: No, at the same I, time, like, there's people who's like, I want to count every single bullet in my gun. I'm like, nope, not for you. Yeah. Thanks for trying it out. But, like, that's a pretty good argument for the other guy because he didn't just say that. He's like, for a system that's trying to be for people who are more into simulation, that's gonna to seem too weird for them. Yeah. And they're not gonna have fun with that. And yeah.
1: Like, I mean it is pretty close to the preparedness mechanic for yeah, yeah. Gumshoe, which is quite
0: uh alienating. High, high stakes hall. Yeah, yeah. High stakes yeah. hall has been going pretty well. It's been apparently pretty nervous and pretty nerve wracking for people making foresight rolls. Uh they're arguing that like um I'm the driver, I would have thought to bring gas And I know the rules say that it's all, everything's down to the foresight roll, but I get pissed off that my character wouldn't think to bring gas. And so I realized that is like, I get that. I just need to reframe the narrative on that. It's foresight. It wasn't a matter of, I didn't think to bring gas. It was, I was not thinking hard enough about how to find gas in a wasteland. And in the interim between jobs, I just couldn't source anything. Uh, You can narratively explain that away so your character's not like, the gun guy who brings ammo who forgot to bring ammo. Uh, it it's, was there yeah. were no drones out that week. The ammo yeah. was hard. I could I I didn't hustle hard enough to spend my bounty on ammo. Uh, I brought something. I got more food, but you yeah. know I, I yeah. So that's just a narrative change, not a rule change, because people are getting the sensation. Maybe of, rename
1: name like, it to like the logistics role or something. Yeah,
0: like that. yeah. So like people are getting legitimate like anxiety yeah. every time they need to do a refresh because like holy shit. I hope I found. Yeah you know, uh, extra parts uh, in between, and I thought to bring them along. Um, so, yeah, the, but again, that's a good Just argument. as a
1: question, what happens if they fail their roll for everything they're carrying? Uh, is there anything? The for...
0: hall's never wasted. It's okay. just not what you want.
1: Right, but if it's if you have five items and you fail to refresh all five items, what are you carrying? <laughs> uh, maybe
0: your friend needs
1: something. Yeah. Uh, they remain units, but you I, just well, couldn't
0: source anything. Yeah. But that is a good point to bring yeah. up. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> what is in the bag? What's in the bag? Uh, maybe that could be another use for will. Yeah. I really want ammo. <laughs> Don't roll for it then.
1: Just spin. <laughs> well, you it. could have a like a like a, uh, a fail state. Like if you're your last if if, if everything fails, uh, if you fail are so many rolls, it's it, it's divided up w- among the rest of your items or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, the problem yeah. with that, though, is like if you fail your third roll and you just really wanted ammo the first time.
1: Yeah. Well, no, but out of the remaining, I, like if you fail three, like at five items, you fail three rolls, it has to be... Oh, so a failed roll eliminates haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it doesn't eliminate haul, but that means all your haul is for those items four and five. Okay. So something like that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's something we'll have to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I think the narrative changes. Or if you fail all of
1: them, and you designate it's ammo for that yeah. gun, or your. So that's for. a new
0: issue I yeah, hadn't yeah.
1: thought of before. Yeah, uh,
0: but I think the because the, uh, with some of our rolling, <laughs> yeah, no, we can always think about the in <laughs> improbable failure <laughs> is one thing. RPPR is always and red test markets in particular strong detends. Uh, <laughs> <D-10. laughs> Use your random number generators. Kids. Um, so yeah, so there's lots of different things you need to you need to cross correlate. Even comments that are less than helpful are outright dumb. Yeah, no. uh, you need to uh, look at people who are arguing. Well, those are your your whales, your go to no. play testers, and then you need to check out that sensation of initial uh, irrational resistance to an idea. Because when it's that strong, that probably means it's hitting on something that actually needs to be changed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So uh, with that in mind, I guess now we can go to the change log.
0: Yeah, so we're not going to go through all nine pages, uh, you poor bastards. (laughs) Um, But basically, the way I figured it out as we were doing these things, there are certain things amongst changing the rules that are going to have to change every single page of the text. And yeah. there are certain things that are clear revisions to individual sections or a group of sections, like for combat and stuff like that, or the way certain casualties things work, or gear that people want. Like so, basically, what I did is I subdivided everything by chapter, uh, according to the stuff that's been in the beta, the stuff I've written since the beta that references that stuff and everything else. But the initial uh, one in the game, I'm calling game changers, which are things that. Um, We're going to have to go back to very early playtests of just, I tell everyone what the rule is, you try it. Right. Because we need to get a sensation of it before we revise 200 pages (laughs) to fit. Weird. So the Game Changers playtest is going to be very much sussing things out. Yeah. We all know the base system well enough, I think we can start tweaking with it with the home play test group. Would would you agree? Uh yeah, I think so. I mean I think even Aaron, who typically struggles with system mastery, was getting pretty pretty good with the red market system by the end of uh yeah. your Mr. Joel's job. So I'm hoping that we can sort of like play things on the fly. Uh, I don't know who's gonna run that, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. We- um so, uh, the first thing I noticed is that an alarming number of people think outfit means clothes. Well, it does, but there are these things called synonyms, so... <laughs> yeah, but, like, uh, many, many character sheets had, like, name, taker name, outfit, as in, like, pants, shirt. <laughs> They'd write it on the character sheet. So, I'm probably going to change the name of outfit across the board to just crew, because everyone seems to be... Really, think I want them to like describe their cool leather jacket and stuff.
1: The fashion minigame, you know? uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. it's really important. Uh, <laughs> it's like DLC, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, not quite. Uh, I mean, if I could sell you DLC, yeah, I totally would <laughs> because I'm money. microtransactions in Red Market, yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, So another thing we're considering is maybe I should ditch buy a roll entirely. So as it is currently, to emphasize the economic theme, you cannot just try something for free. There is a cost to failure and a cost to risking failure. Uh, It could be a charge of your uh, weapon. It could be a charge of yourself and stuff like that. Uh, But the problem is is that spending three charges on something, especially an item, gives you... uh, your skill rating and then the other charges give you plus one each. So a plus three charges adds two. A plus four adds three. A plus five adds four, which makes the math kind of complex, especially when you're adding that with yeah. numbers. So one way to speed the game up, we were thinking about, because that was deemed too crunchy from people, maybe we could ditch by a roll, in which case a three charges is just a plus three your guns have infinite bullets with your skills,
1: though, which is problematic right. uh, all the way around. So I'm not quite sure how to do that. Well, I had one idea, which I just mentioned. I mentioned to you before the podcast, and that I think the buy roll is essential part of the game. But I think the problem is, and we ran this in the po- playtest campaign, is that there's no upper limit. So on those do or die rolls, you can just dump stuff, and that. Uh, especially with skills like athletics and you know to dodge getting shot, which is kind of an important thing. Uh, there's all there's only you can only a human can only move so fast. A gun can only shoot so many bullets. Uh, there should be caps on how many you could expend on a given roll. Uh, and or so the idea I had for you, which we obviously we, we can try it out, or is that one point to buy the roll. Period. You use your skill bonus, and you can spend one more point uh, on. Most things, and that would add your potential as a second bonus. So you buy your skill, then you buy your potential, uh, and that means you could. Theor- but that's it. So you could only spend two charges on an athletics chest check to dodge a bullet, uh, or you could spend two, you know, to fire a burst of uh, machine gun fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we have- well actually burst I mean, guns. I think should have different rules for the effects of bursts. Like more damage or something like that. Uh.
0: yeah, but then that we're getting crunchier. We're, yeah, yeah. You said the you said the bad word, different yeah. rules. Yeah. Uh and so like I also worried that'd be OP. Yeah. Um, so that's a, it's just something to consider. Yeah. Um and all of this of is, course and know. all of this is problematic when you take like mental actions into effect and like succeed at cost and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um so uh
1: you could add a second thing for focus for character's, you know, or willpower. Well not willpower, but like Focus essentially, like, yeah. But yeah, that's nice. so we have
0: to tr- we have yeah. to tweak it. it yeah, Maybe yeah. it stays the same too. I think most people are getting it, yeah, and buying the role. I just kind of wanted to speed up the play, um, so that's something to consider. Mm. Um, uh, we have the defaulting option. Uh, some playtesters have been very good co designers, and they've said some interesting things. So I think we're gonna try um, we're gonna try plus ones in the most contentious skills. Uh, things that you think you should be able to try regardless Uh, at character generation. Yeah. So adding some character points in there with plus ones already, kind of like Call of Cthulhu gives you bases and certain skills. Um, And then I think uh, there's also, you allow defaulting on everything, but there's no potential, there's no skills and no charges can be added to the role. So you're basically looking at a 45% chance. Um, If that's, that's still really high for CLC standards so, the actually, you're looking at a 40% chance. Uh, so, I, we were thinking about the one the proposal I got was bring it down to 35% by making all doubles crit fails. Right. Because that's why you don't try and be an electrician when you don't know where the wires go. You're going to fucking electrocute yourself.
1: Uh, so, well, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to argue that certain skills cannot be used unt- untrained at all, like, you know, architect or electrician. because. <laughs> Which is my exact point in the default. I was talking about like most of the time it was to talk to someone to convince them of a thing to see if they were lying or to punch somebody.
0: And like I said, if you were good enough to do that, you could roll for it. Otherwise, you're not good enough to do that and don't <laughs> roll for it. Because you know you're not good in that. You know you've never trained or read a book or tried the that before. The
1: Dunning-Kerger effect. Uh, people don't know how bad they are at something if they're bad at and So they can try.
0: Okay, yeah. So, again, we're arguing about yeah, yeah. it. I'm saying I'm changing it. I'm not sure why you're arguing about it. <laughs> I know. But the solution of the GM will know what you can default and what you can't default was the solution I had in place in the playtest yeah. That no one found satisfactory Right uh, So obviously it has to change right. You see what I mean? Like I'm not disagreeing In fact, that was my original ethos yeah. And I just wanted to take it to what I see To be the logical conclusion I was strongly urged Not to do that uh, So I'm thinking of something else But the whole idea is like Why can't you hand wave something that simple We tried that No one wants that
1: Right. Everyone wants a system. Well, I mean, it's it's the core of the system. What can a player character do, and what they can't do, yeah, so it is is sort of the core of any game. Uh, but yeah. Um,
0: so. Um, yeah, so we're talking about that. That would be a huge change. Yeah. The defaulting wise, uh, and eliminating endurance entirely, uh, and then uh, we talked a little bit about that previously, and then if eliminating endurance entirely happens. Uh, I see no reason we can 't eliminate derived stats entirely right. uh then you can default to your provincials for specific for specific tasks so there 's no such thing as meme anymore. You just default your to intelligence there 's no such thing as health anymore. you just default to your strength there's no such thing as speed anymore. You can move your speed shambles away uh there 's you know that kind of stuff uh How many dependents do you have? You have however many you have in Charm. Default, how many references do you have? You have any more, as many as you do in Charm. Uh, and Charisma. Uh, sorry, Charisma. Uh, and then uh, that kind of stuff. So um, the only thing that would change is that adaptability would just become your hall rating, yeah. which is the problem because no one seems to be running out of stuff. So I am okay with big, huge spins because I desperately want to get away if people are running out of stuff more often but in the play test, people have rarely been running out of stuff there's not been as much scarcity right. and that has been a comment not like from something I want from a design perspective people are picking up on it's not scarce enough yeah so if reducing haul down to just your adaptability rating and then essentially wiping 10 wiping another uh Haul away by getting rid of endurance because when you think about that, that's like having another haul's worth of rations already. Yeah. So you basically already have two. So basically, you've eliminated two haul from the whole game from every single character. So in that case, I'd be okay with you spending six to dodge that gunfire because man, that next one's it's going to pay dearly. You're it's it's much more of an anxiety about the uh, spin thing, yeah. which is something I'm like Gumshoe. I'm kind of going for.
1: I think one of the things, uh, I know this is not supposed to be Dungeons & Dragons, but one of the things that they did, especially for 3rd Ed and on, is to look at how long should the average adventure be, how many encounters should it be, how many... Uh, like in fourth ed, they said like uh, an average fight should take twenty percent of the party's resources. They should have like four or five fights, and then they should rest uh, and to replenish this wizard spells and all that. And I think red markets would be well to do that. Like, what should the average job do in terms of skill checks, uh, resources spent uh, to and inf- uh, back from the job? So I think that that's the kind of thing. Question: Actually, you you design the average job to be this. And the player character should, on average... Because then the game masters, when they have those benchmarks, they can, like, I want to make this easy, I want to make this Yeah, hard. something
0: for the market advice yeah. chapter.
1: Yeah. Basically, Def- yeah. Well, I mean, those are the those are what you design your player character resources. If you want the game to be, like, the players do five encounters before they can replenish their resources, mm-hmm. that's the adventure, then you design around that. Uh, because this is number crunching, and this is just, you know, uh, design by... Uh, what? uh, Yeah, challenge mode. What difficulty mode it's on? And
0: and I think I have a really good feel for that now with the current rules. But I wouldn't want to write that sort of advice section until. It's not just
1: advice. It's built into the game itself. So like that needs to be explicit to the game master. Yeah. And but that like you should have those numbers exactly so that to to judge how much hall characters start with, for example. So uh, do you have those numbers yet? Like how do you? What is the average job for you right now?
0: Uh. Typically, I'm looking in terms of session length okay. and difficulty. So, if you want uh, an average length, if you want a typical four-hour session, yeah, you're looking for skip. You'd skip vignettes. You'd go straight into negotiation. Yeah. they'd have to take the first job they get. You're looking at two to three legs. Okay, and then you're looking at the job site. Okay, that's a four-hour session with nobody's going to really run out of that anything. If you want a longer session, same thing. Vignettes. If you really want to shorten the job up in terms of legs but make it more dangerous, so they have lots of stuff, but they have lots of stuff to deal with it, you want a close-by job, one-leg, really nightmarish right. job site. Um, whereas, otherwise, if you really want to start draining people, you start looking at four, four legs, five legs. Right. Because by then, you're going to hit something shitty on the right. rolls on the random dice table. Uh, it's just going to happen then you're pretty drained by the time you reach the job site and you have to deal with the job site. Or if you work a double, right. that's like nightmare difficulty where right. you're doing legs to a site, doing legs to another site, and then doing another site.
1: But figuring out like even more benchmarks, like the average encounter, uh, if it's a combat encounter, if it's casualties, like a group of four player char- starting player characters, how many casualties should they be able to take out in open ground? Uh, or like how many casualties can they can you know. I mean, maybe not to like resource per casualty killed.
0: Yeah, it but, sounds
1: like you're <laughs> but, getting that. Well, crunchy. but that's the thing. Like you, you, some better idea, like if you because then Game Master get an idea Well on is the D one
0: hundred table, there is gonna be a yeah. crit fail, right, super bad, a crit success, super good, and then in between. Right. Uh so that kind of thing can be used to gauge as well. So if you're landing on a Even number that's not a crit success. You're looking at, you have the chance to earn some bounty for it if you take some additional risk, but it's not urgent. You can easily not do it. Um, But you could do it for some additional risk and get it. So, for instance, with the rotted out floor to go to the wailing wall in the disused uh, grocery store. Yeah. I didn't have to go in there at all. I wanted to risk it, but we got some more bounty for the risk. Right. Uh, That's a good encounter. Uh, in in terms of like quality for the player, a bad encounter is like there is some danger that right. is happening. You have to either evade the danger, or you have to dive further into the danger to get more stuff. Right. So I find a plane full full of casualties. They're snapping at me. Right. I go deeper into the plane. I find better stuff, but there's still a bunch of casualties around, and it's not fun.
1: But I, yeah, I, I understand all those in general, but when you're talking about numbers of like how many you know, points, resources the characters start with, you have to get into the numbers of how many points worth of challenge can they get through or they should be expected to get through uh, in order well, to... I don't understand how I'm going to come up with those
0: numbers that are anything more than guesses. Well, Especially I mean, that's considering it.
1: the randomness of the dice mechanic. Well, the, you can do averages. Like, assume the average taker with a pistol and a two in skill, he always rolls average. Uh, how many... You? It's just ratios. Uh, th- this is something... Uh, maybe we can get help on the forums or something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if we're going to have the playtest numbers to get a sample size to do yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe for addition two. (laughs) Uh, There's plenty to do before I start making leveled encounters like D&D.
1: Well, yeah. But that's (laughs) that's the kind of thing that, like, if you want to – I mean, D&D obviously had a lot more resources to do this, but that's – uh, one of the things is any game master can have some reasonable idea of like if they look at a CR five monster they know it's a challenge it can take twenty percent of the resources of four level five characters that's what the formula is supposed to be whether that's in practice or not is very variable but um, with red markets I think the main thing would be like how many skill how many resources should they use per encounter uh, and use that as just like a roughing guideline like how many uses of items and health and shit like that should they be using per encounter. So something like that, some kind of some numbers. Uh,
0: yeah. if you yeah. can think of a way to do it, that's not just pulling numbers out of my ass. Right. I'd be intrigued, but okay. I don't know what that is because okay. you're accounting for errands <laughs> and I don't think that's fruitful or in any way wise.
1: Right. Well, again, just assume middle of the road for all things. So yeah, anyway,
0: uh, uh anyway, yeah. So, um, Another thing I was thinking about changing, uh, equilibrium to value, because that's yeah, economically that's right. equal term and yeah. it's easier to use. Uh, but that's going to be a massive find and replace. Uh, and then equally, markup would just become price. Yeah, uh, I think that's kind of interesting because I think equilibrium becoming value is easier to understand for people not addressed in e- in uh, economic terms uh, because the the where supply and demand meets that's yeah. the value. Uh, and where I'm calling it the equilibrium price. Uh, but at the same time, I think markup is easier for people to understand than price, because I think value will get confused with price yes. by people that are not economically viable. But I think it would be foolish to have value and markup, uh, but maybe some combination of the two. But I think I need to mess with those terms, not because there's like difficulty understanding it, just for like writer reasons,
1: yeah. uh, brevity.
0: Um I'm going to codify vignettes into stricter terms. I really like the way Delta Green has done that. Yeah. Uh, So I will probably do something like... uh, Akin to uh, cope. So those will be more negative skills... Like more negative conflict based scenes where you guys tended towards, you know, petty bickering and arguing or things like that, Uh, and some examples of coping and how you still sort of like restore things from that. But then it's a matter of like, is the taker trying to overcome something that they saw out in the loss, or is the dependent trying to get help with something that's going on in the enclave? Uh, Because either way, you're kind of building up the world. Either you're building up the emotional world of the character or you're building up what is going on back at the enclave while the taker is out working. Um, So something like that. And then something else like um, engage with the community. So things like the questions like where do people go out to eat? What do people do for school? Like, what, you know, that would be something like do a scene in which you've explained something about your community. It doesn't have to have a big conflict or even a whole lot of role playing, but you have built the enclave out a little bit more. So, like, giving people a list of options of things to do with their opinion. Yeah. Um, I've also added rules for small businesses and small investments. So, like, troubleshooting tables. Uh, Shrinkage, you know, messing with prices, people that really just want to get whole hog into running a hot dog stand out in the loss. Like, you can really go into making your individual business. And in doing that, I realized, okay, this game's going to go on forever. No one's ever going to talk at all. We're never gonna actually get to the taking part because we do this forever. Uh, and that's not the core activity of the game, but I do want to reward people that are really into it enough to do those NBA rules. So um the thing I ended up doing as I was writing the rules, and we need to test these out too before yeah. we even mess with this stuff, is um you end up having to sacrifice scams if you're like running the shop. Yeah. Or you end up having to sacrifice time with dependents if you are running the shop. Um so one thing I might do. And the final version is if you're one-shotting or you're new to the system, you have a work-life token. Your life token, you spend on a vignette with a dependent. Your work token, you spend on a uh, scam, obviously. Yeah. But for more advanced things, MBA rules, Masters of Business Association rules, uh, I'm calling them, maybe you can vary that up. So maybe I'm going super crazy, and every time I want to do something, with will call them with dependents... I have to spend time with a different dependent. Then I'm going to sacrifice my scam to do two lives, two vignettes. Uh, maybe, fuck it, I feel great. Let Timmy take care of himself. I have two scams now, or I have a scam and I work a business, or I have a scam and I do an investment, right. or I have a dependent scene and I hire someone to work my business and my work life, and that becomes kind of tokens. But that's real kind of crunchy advanced stuff. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out, specifically since we haven't even
1: tested the small business stuff. Right. One thing, uh, small businesses, can have you combined them with the score rules? Like the idea is you're running a business and then you, hear there's, you can go out on a job to improve your business.
0: That's typically how you engage, how you get your initial supply.
1: Well, I mean that's the thing, though. Like, it's a never-ending thing. Like, you get your initial supply, but then, like, you hear about a way to open a trade route to a new enclave. So, like, you could combine yeah. it with the the score, like yes. stuff. So, like, that could be just a like every week they work to expand their job. You know?
0: Yeah. The the supply is the units of whatever you're selling. Right. So it could be. A service, like, so is that in there yet, or is yeah, that, so it okay, could, yeah? So it could be like a service, and you're taking back workers. It could yeah. be cars, you're taking back cars. It could be bicycles, you're taking back bicycles. It could be food, right. you're taking about pounds of food. It's up to the GM to make it a single unit for the counts. Your supply determines your right. Uh, your supply uh, determines that you roll a black that determines the demand at your enclave, and that is your equilibrium, or if we change it, value. Right. Uh, And from there, you gouge. So you start marking things up as high as you can. If you have a taker, specifically a taker with some skills do that, you can have a variable price on that, and it's a social skill check and a scene and a vignette. Um, But if you hire someone to do it, they're pretty standard because they're making a pretty steady wage, and they're not going to marry themselves to it. Like, it's... Yeah, rat kebabs. Yeah, you yeah. rat kebabs. <laughs> Whatever. You know, they're they're gonna make their pay, so they'll have a standard markup price in a gouge. But the thing is, when running a business Shit often goes wrong. So liquidity fluctuates. Your your whole place could burn down or it could have everything stolen. You have to try and stop that. Uh, or you could get like a big windfall, like a guy comes by wanting to clear off some rat kebabs that are about to turn and your supply goes way up. Right. Uh, so there's a troubleshooting table you roll on. But that's a scene someone has to do. Someone has to take care of the shop uh, because, you know, you can't just subsidize a hot dog stand and hope it to work out and then you get to retire on it. Like, if it's making that much money and you're not watching it, guess what? Right. It's not going to make that much money for you. Um, so, yeah, we got to try that, but, like, I think that could have some interesting knockdown effects with vignettes. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a big one. And then uh, we talked a lot about uh, tough spots need some work. Uh, people aren't really, you know... Uh, those are their characters' that. unique advantages. Yes, the, yeah. uh, you brought up an excellent idea. Make them two,
1: two D ten tables. two D yeah. ten tables. We'll make it mechanic like a list of mechanics. Yeah, a red
0: types. table I'll and just, a black table, and they're yeah. combined. The red table is a disadvantage. The black table is a list of advantages, all yeah. mechanically expressed. And then it's your job as the player to come up with a narrative to explain your mechanical, or you can pick. Yeah, you don't have to randomly roll. You could pick. And in that case, we could explain. <laughs> Uh, Immunity and latency. Immunity is 10-10. Yeah. And latency is 1-1. Otherwise, they don't really fit.
1: Well, what if they... I mean, like, if it's a two-table, though, what if they roll 1-2? Like, if if the red... if the one is you're infected, you know, and I mean, well,
0: I'd have to make it a table. I haven't made it a table. Yeah, no, yeah. But I like the idea. It, it's yeah, yeah, a no. more explanation. And I think it's actually going to create a wider range of tough spots. Yeah. And more narratively interesting ones once yeah. I make that table. Um, so that'll change a lot of things, especially how people get will back. People have been pretty good at playing their weak and soft spots. For Will, though. Yeah. Uh, Will is really useful. Yeah. People have been pretty good, and it's been making better stories in the playtest reports I've read for the most part. Yeah. But the tough spot is confusing. And well, it's at I, least
1: mechanically descriptive right now.
0: Yeah. and uh, Well, additionally, tough spot is probably a remnant of when I had a class system. Right. It is. In the early designs of the game, and I need to make it something wholly new. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, that's going to be a big change. Uh, so and that has a knockdown effect on the latency and and things like that. Um, some people are confused about what latents are, and what they look like. I think that's probably an effect that I don't have a lot of art out yeah. in the world yet, and I don't have a lot of well, any setting of material in the world yet. But uh, so I don't know if that's a rules thing. It's a it's there, a flavor thing, yeah. But there was some uh, concern that latents are OP. So I I've briefly considered. Um, this would be the last game changer. Is making latency some sort of how consistent cost? So the way I thought of it, and I uh, yeah. was the suppressant is a constant thing you have to have, because a lot of people were also complaining about how expensive suppressant is for something that you only use if it's a dire emergency. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the. <laughs> why it's expensive like it sucks if you don't get bit and it really fucking sucks if you get bit like yeah. uh, you know that's the thing I'm you know I'm happy I don't have a defibrillator in my home until I need one you mm-hmm. know that kind of stuff uh, but you said you didn't really think about that you brought up other stuff and I wasn't even thinking really. about
1: this person thing this was actually just an idea um, I but had no you. It, yeah,
0: this is also a good point for like making latency a consistent cost so it's not totally OP
1: yeah uh well my the idea uh that I had and you know, I, I got because uh I'm interested in doing black markets and you know smuggling and high contraband as a as a game idea and the games I want to run but obviously in red markets it's, there are these isolated enclaves which have their own laws but outside of it it's just the wastes so there it's anarchy so what would be contraband in that and I figured then I realized latents, they're the persecuted minority in the group. And so uh what if there were drugs that catered specifically to latents? And there were obviously anti latent terrorist groups that just like hate latents and want to kill them all, uh so they would attack anyone who was selling drugs that were beneficial to latents. So I As came up triage in the
0: setting information.
1: Yeah. They're, they're an actual group. I don't think we ran into them in the setting. Not yet, yeah. no. <laughs> well, and yeah. And the so I came up with three drugs. Uh one was repressant, which was just I figured being a latent would not feel great for the person like it would suck uh, there would just be constant low level pain and aches and just headaches and that kind of thing, and so repressant alleviated that, and so the the triage and these other groups would hate people selling repressant because they're ah, they're soft on latents you know so they shoot up those
0: makes it easier for them to run away,
1: yeah exactly uh well then the second one um I forgot what it's called, uh, what I called it, but it essentially oh, sanitize. And what it does is it latents hate this because it causes them intense pain. It intensifies the pain, uh, but it minimizes how infectious they are. Their bodily fluids are diluted, and they're, they're still latent, and they still turn into vectors when they're killed. Uh, but it's much harder to. Infect somebody through casual bodily contact, and so some enclaves make the latents use this drug to be, to you know, uh, just to be citizens, and so the latents sometimes blow up labs that are making it you know um, also it uses uh, uh, I, I would say immune blood so some people like trace the supply chain to kidnap the immune people because they're very valuable yeah. uh, and then the last one was conceal which minimizes what the appearance of latency so the black veins recede you look more human more normal and so the, the triad really hate that because there's all these conspiracy theories it'd be like oh god the latents are gonna sneak in and kill us all <laughs> uh, and and spit on us and stuff and treat them like we're treating treat us like they're treating you know we're treating them currently that's terrible and so of course latents love this because they can use it to hide out when the triage groups show up to kill them yeah and so those are three types of drugs that are only applicable to latents but would be very you'd be like a drug dealer in the here and now like you have to hide your shit and sell it through contraband networks and shit like that yeah Uh,
0: so like that really kind of did my head in because I'm like, all right, uh, if suppressant is too expensive for being too useless, yeah, maybe just make it pretty cheap. But the cost of latency is this continual cost for like drugs so I don't infect people, drugs so I don't feel in agony, drugs so I can get through yeah. an enclave. And then it's a consistent cost that keeps latency from being OP. Uh, but also, now I'm incorporating four drugs... Yeah, a a cocktail of drugs into this condition, and something that's pretty essential in your character sheet. So now I'm making character sheets pretty crunchy. Also, it's going to be purely cosmetic unless, like, the pain of the drug that suppresses you Mm -hmm. has some mechanical effect.
1: Well, they would. Or
0: the, uh, or the, and like those are mechanical effects on the character that have to again be tested. So I'm not sure. Uh, If I want to make it that crunchy or if I want to make that a supplement or if latency is fine just the way it is, either way, whatever I do to change it, if I do something to change it, it will have a big knockdown effect on the mechanics of the game. Yeah. So it's in game changers.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
0: Uh, But we got to see. And then other stuff is like uh, just stuff I can do in individual sections. Like people don't like that combat tends to favor the limbs with, uh, you know, when they're hit and the – Upper levels when the forces are hit, so they want a separate role for damage to make things more dangerous. That can easily be a variant in the rule. That's that's a hundred word sidebar. Like, yeah, there's no reason I can't include that. I'll
1: probably word. use. I'll probably do that when I run it. Uh, yeah, because uh, so.
0: it'll be hardcore. That's a that's a bust yeah. mode game. Uh, and then uh, lots of other stuff. That's you know just things I want to add, things I want to clarify, um, and uh, you know things that there was some confusion about. But the, those big ones are things that are going to be like, yeah, that's it's going to change everything else. It's going to change the changes that I've listed in those other things if I <laughs> do the game changers. So uh, one thing to keep in mind is you need to rate your plate test revisions. Like you need to in some way give them a value in how much work it's going to cause you. Yeah. Uh, and then you need to prioritize that because you're... Saving yourself precious time if you can get something that's going to affect everything out of the way before you do some more things as opposed to... Doing everything what, and
1: changing in everything. One thing you should also do, um, and I'm assuming you're already doing it, but some sort of um, in software they have version control where you don't just have one book or one draft, one document, and you just keep changing that over and over again. If you don't like a change, or you de- you're deleting rules or something like that, you so you have version one, version two, version three, version four, and you just keep making successive changes. So you always ha- so in case you decide to go back to a rule you haven't accidentally deleted it. Oh no, it, definitely. Yeah, so uh, that's I know. Well, I bring this up because there are going to be people who like don't do that, and make sure your version control is relatively. Easily figured out, or at least you can keep a uh, like again, a change log uh, of events, and so you can go back and retrace your steps uh, because you never know when you like some idea, some rules you discarded, or some material you discarded earlier might come back into the game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I had five
0: alphas, yeah, by the time we finished Le Cabusier, so I yeah. still have those on my computers. Uh, we've got Beta One, which is what everybody out there in uh, Radio Lands was playing to. <laughs> Um, and I'm still on beta one and that I'm adding stuff to beta one that wasn't in there. And I'm adding it according to the previous rules because it will be easier to revise if it didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, if it's if it's already exists and I revise it and then revise it again, and revise it again. I might as well have not revised it the first time. But if it was blank pages, probably better for me to revise it. So I'm still plugging away on beta one and I will remain plugging away on Beta 1, and we will remember playing Beta 1 as we test Game Changers, because it's really just going to be cheat sheets and verbal understanding as we get a feel for what these rules are like in the moment. Yeah. Um, But once those Game Changers, those eight or or nine things are, I have enough information to make a decision, then uh, I'm going to take the... Wonderful editing marks I got from Laura. Hi, Laura. Uh, doing some, uh, and, and some many other play have been kind enough to send me comments. Uh, I will gonna, I'm gonna i going to go and do a big grammar change yeah. on beta one, and then I'm going to save that because it's not going to be a rules change. I'm just going to fix my shitty grammar mistakes, and that's going to become beta two. Once I save beta two, then I'm going to track changes so that it'll be easier to edit beta two because the stuff that is not on tracked changes can be in fact the stuff that's not highlighted doesn't have to be proofread again um, and then um, for like a fifth or sixth time and the highlighted stuff will be the rules changes for beta 2 uh, and then hopefully beta 2 is what we roll into a kickstarter with yeah. god and fallout for willing
1: <laughs> um, so yeah um, so yeah so I will probably I will run at least some one shots and I have an idea for a campaign uh, obviously, uh, we uh, taking some of the ideas I have, like the ones I mentioned about running ContraMan Network, because I think that's really interesting. So, uh, yeah. so here's something we should talk about game
0: design yeah. life. Uh, we need another run, run another campaign. Yeah. Um, I need to tweak some rules doing it, but like I said, I think we have some system mastery. Yeah, And the biggest gap in my game so far, according to every designer I talk to, is that I've yet to play it. Yes. So I would very much like it if you could run it and we could just sort of come to a meta understanding of, like, what weird game changer rule we're going to try. But I can still experience it from the player side because I don't know what's going to happen and I didn't design the job and I didn't design the lake. Right. Uh, And I feel like... We've worked together. I understand that's a tricky proposition. Sure, but I feel like we've worked together long enough that it's not going to turn into the Dark Sun co GM game. <laughs> um, but I understand like people being dicey about that. Yeah, like so. I don't know
1: if you're down. or Well, I'll, I'll I want to run a one shot first to get my legs and figure it out. But then we'll, we can go into it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah,
0: we'll probably run a lot of one shots first just to test yeah game exactly Stranger stuff. Uh, because we're gonna have to redo character sheet and outfit sheet and all that shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'd be great. So the the next playtest campaign, you haven't listened to the first one, but uh, soon uh, the next playtest campaign uh, will be Ross run. Yeah. Me play. And then backseat GM when we need to change rules. <laughs> no, I,
1: <laughs> which I'm I sure won't get annoying at all for Ross. No, I'm I'm happy. I, I like it when players can like tell me when I got get a rule wrong because I don't want to look it up because that kills a game to look up a rule in the middle of something. Uh, so when, we will still have
0: to do that. Yeah, at this point
1: it's big enough that I've forgotten <laughs> my um, That's fair. But, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, do, I I hope I'm not annoying when I do that in like Delta Green or whatever. So trying to.
0: No, yeah, I mean it's not yeah. like we're not gonna play the shit out of
1: the new delta green
0: so <laughs> we should probably start getting it down now yeah exactly uh sooner rather i
1: think than that later. i think uh yeah the, uh, i guess sort of last. i think that was the first time anyone's projected sanity loss in that last game uh <laughs> when i when i used it the, yeah in that last session so we all forget about projecting stuff but like that I,
0: I can't wait for you to take
1: that out on your co-workers
0: too yeah. those because you have to take it out on your yeah. bonds even within when it doesn't succeed
1: <laughs> yeah uh, well the suppressing jet well, the projection just works you just dump onto it. So it's just one decent.
0: Yeah, but like, that's the thing. Like, oh, yeah, it yeah. didn't get you what you wanted.
1: Well, uh, it, it reduced it. It like, did reduce it. Yeah, but said, like, no. yeah, you still have to, like. I'm beginning to see those bond ratings as bonus sanity points that I just have to <laughs> uh, use because I'm, you know, Provost is hanging in there, whatever it takes. Uh, so uh, Anyway,
0: sorry, yeah. we're teasing God's teeth. <laughs> uh, but yeah. but yeah, that, yeah, so that's where we're at in Red Markets. There's a. Lot of work to be done. Yeah,
1: um, uh, and and for ruin, I I just need to get the kit, the PDFs for base raiders boiling point done. I have I'm. Death Traps Volume One is almost done, and then I have Mask of Chaos and Death Traps Volume Two. And yeah, then, you've you've yet to begin to stare into the abyss. Well, I got some work in, but yeah, it's not a, I glimpse, I'm like, yeah, well, wait, got some. So other you're not things in the garden of forking paths. Oh where no. Everything you change nope. fucks
0: everything else up. Nope, not yet. While fixing the one thing it was meant to fix. Yeah, there's a reason why you use licensed
1: systems. <laughs> So, someone else could have done that. Did that for me. So, uh, but you, you do you. <laughs> uh, so, this has been Game Designers Workshop, episode ten, Game Changers. I'm Ross Wheat. I'm Caleb Stokes. All right, we'll talk you